Welcome to Matt Bites episode 14. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. Guess where we were when the Liverpool store opened? Well, we did say if we stopped talking about it, it would happen. And it did. In fact, the opening of the Liverpool store was announced the very day after the last episode aired. And we were there. We certainly were. We uh, got there about um, half past seven, I think, didn't we? Yeah, um, about that. Yeah. Um, with Elaine following the little blue dot on my iPhone as we drove down the M62. I know, small things amuse small minds. Mm. So we... But bigger fools were driving. Mm. No comment. So we parked up and we went and found the place and we found that uh, Mark from the Northwest uh, MacUser group was already there. I think he was about third in the queue, wasn't he? With uh, No, he was second with his was wife. Was he second with a lovely Karen? He was Karen. second. He'd been pipped to the, at the post. So uh, I think we were about eighth or ninth, weren't we? Something like and, that. And uh, one or two other people came along that we knew. Um, there was... Um, Tom from the Mac user group and also Bob came along and uh, I was just stood in the queue and uh, I heard uh, a voice in front of me say uh, I wonder where Mike Thomas is and uh, I turned around to this guy and I said uh, I'm stood right behind you actually but you didn't know this guy I didn't I'd never come across him uh, and I found out he was actually twittering ah you see go public with these twitter things and they catch you they do so how do you find me do you think uh, Geo-twittering, which um, is going to be a pervasive theme this week. Uh, I've come across it quite a few times. It's actually been really useful. Um, it's it, I found it in an application on uh, the iPhone. And as well as following the, the timeline of the people that you're following, you can follow people or, or view the, the Twitters of people within a certain radius of where you are using the GPS. So I'd imagine he'd done that and he'd read your Twitters about being stood in the queue. Mm, that sounds uh, rather exciting. Uh, oh, but you see, you didn't realise you were even doing I that, didn't, did you? No, I didn't. It's it's not something I was I was familiar with. So I was actually. There's a bit of a funny story with um, how I actually managed to follow the Geo Twitters. Um, I'd actually decided on the day uh, I was using um, Twinkle, and uh, more about that later. But that's how uh, I was Geo Twittering, uh, and I was only doing that because I've been let down by a different application. So, uh, all very, very interesting and uh, well worth doing, actually. Um, brought everybody closer together and we were all chatting about it and pretty much everybody in the queue had some sort of device in their hand, didn't they? They did, and it was good fun. Um, I've said before that uh, not that many people that I know sort of get Twitter. It takes a bit of getting used to, but when when you see something like that, it, it I suppose, kind of brings it home to the, the uses of it. Yeah, I think by the time you've got to that point, though, like I know Tom said to us that he sort of can't quite get into it. If if you're if you don't know too many people who are on it, it's sort of self-defeating because you can't get more people on it until they know people on it and so forth. But once you do know people on it, it's very, very good. So uh, we met quite a few people there uh, via Twittering. We also uh, saw our friend Don again from Screencast Online. So very nice to see him. And this would be... Um... Don, who you are the official photographer for. 
Uh, apparently I am. Mm. A new title for me. New title. That's right. Uh, and we also, but he wasn't the only person that we met. No, we also met uh, Damien. Damien's one of our uh, MacBytes followers. A um, little bit more about uh, about Damien uh, later on, because he's left us some feedback. But, uh, yeah, hi, Damien. It was nice to uh, meet you and nice to have a chat with you. And uh, whilst we were chatting, um, he actually asked us about our Adobe TV problem, which proves that people do actually listen to us. Yes, they actually listen to what I'm saying and what I'm ranting and moaning about. Uh, yeah, it was really good to talk to him. Uh, and I was fascinated that he was fascinated with my Adobe TV issue. Uh, I had high hopes uh, for those who this might be their first episode. Poor people, and they don't know what's been going on. Um, I cannot play anything from Adobe TV without it rebooting the router, which is just such a bizarre problem. I was actually a system administrator for many years, and I've never actually seen sort of a software application that does that to a router. I've seen routers re reboot spontaneously, but this is repeatable, um, literally about just over three minutes into any clip, and it reboots the router. Well, I was hopeful that seeing as though it only seemed to start happening about a couple of months ago, that if there was an update to OS X, it might solve it. But there was an update to 10.5.4, and uh, not only is it no better, it's actually managed to get worse. Now we've got the same thing happening with the BBC iPlayer. That's not good. No, that, that was even worse because I, I was contemplating having to use Windows to uh, access Adobe TV. But once the iPlayer's gone, um, I'm pretty lost at that point. I do use the iPlayer quite a bit, uh, more for radio than TV. But it's also on BBC News. So your problem with that is... You're clicking these things before you've even thought, ah, no, don't touch it, because the router's going to go. But I do have some good news, read this too, and a cross-reference here with the geo-twittering. What happened was I was literally thinking um, I was going to have to change ISP. Uh, I had Googled the problem and couldn't get any information at all. So at that point, I was feeling quite isolated and lonely that there was only me with this problem. And... Um, now, you don't have much to do with uh, our technical connection bit, and you were just sort of sat there with, well, is it working yet? And I'm thinking, I just can't make this work. Anyway, I was um, checking my email and checking on Twitter um, with Twinkle on the iPhone, and I clicked on the people locally to me, and I actually saw a Twitter from somebody who was in Manchester who had exactly the same problem uh, with the same ISP and the same router. So I thought, ah, at least I'm not alone. So it's not that, you know, it's my router that's broken, which I didn't think it was. It was working for everything else. So having seen that on Twitter, I thought it might be worth if there's, you know, at least one other person who's got the problem. It might be worth Googling it again and having another look. So um, I decided to do just that. And I found that other people were having problems. Uh, thing was that gave me a clue this time that I didn't, wasn't aware of last time. It wasn't happening with for me with the iPlayer initially. That seemed to be a fault that developed later. So I'd been looking for people having problems with Adobe TV or Flash. But once I put in iPlayer, I got bombarded with uh, people who were having problems. So I thought, well, the only thing I can really do with my ISP at the moment is try an old router that I had when we were with um, a different ISP. So I've got a Netgear router, but I tried this before and I just could not get it configured to talk to the B servers. Um, but this time I persevered and I googled more and I actually found some configuration settings that eventually, with a few hair-raising moments, 
it did connect. Uh, when I say hair raising, literally it rebooted the router and it reconfigured the, the router remotely to change all the um, internal addressing system. So it was like, whoa, what is it doing? It also reset the username and password to the default and then I had to go through and secure it again. So it was a lot of messing, but... Da -da, drum roll. I, I shall leave a gap there, put in a drum roll. Thank you, thank you. It connected and we could use the iPlayer, we could see Adobe TV, could use the Adobe Media Player and uh, we both did it all at once didn't we? I was running like three videos and a radio and streaming down a, a news item and it didn't fall over so it is actually, uh, judging by what I've read and what I've managed to sort out myself, it's actually anything that is a Thomson manufactured router which includes BT Home Hubs. And apparently uh, BT are in talks with the BBC at the moment to try and sort the problem out, um, which obviously doesn't help me because we're not with BT and B just deny that there's any kind of problem at all. But uh, it could actually be an issue that other people are suffering and completely unaware of because sometimes it disconnects and reconnects. And if all you're doing is watching the video, you're actually unaware it's happened until you try and do something else later and then it spontaneously reconnects again. So uh, it's not as odd a problem as I originally thought. So it could well be other people have got that problem as well. Of course, for me, I'm beginning to wonder exactly what I am actually paying B for. Um, their outbound mail server doesn't work uh, with OS 10.5.2 and above. Uh, when I put that upgrade on, I couldn't send any mail that was above 4K or had an attachment. And that went on for weeks. I had a ticket open with it. And in the end, they just unilaterally closed the ticket and said, well, that's all right now. And it's not, it's not all right. So I have no outbound mail with them. The DNS servers are so flaky, I had to change um, to OpenDNS or actually anybody else's DNS, anybody but B's DNS. And to do that, it's not as simple as with a normal router. You've actually got to telnet into the thing and uh, sort of hack the DNS in it. And now it won't play Adobe TV or BBC iPlayer content. So let's just say it's a good job that their actual connection's reasonable, or we really wouldn't have much reason to be with them at the moment. But uh, we're still hanging in there. Literally, we've just got the connection with them. No DNS with them, no outbound mail. And we've actually ditched the router that they've supplied now as well. So I've found a lot of references that if anybody else is suffering this problem, you might find useful. And I've, uh, I'll put them all in the show notes. But uh, I shall have to put uh, at least one of them in there, possibly two, as uh, tiny URLs because there's some explicit words uh, from people who are a little bit peeved with B. So I'll convert those to tiny URLs, but, but we'll be aware. Adult language there, people. Adult language. So there we are, Damien, and uh, anyone else who's listening. Um, maybe that's the end of our saga. Maybe that's the end of our soap opera. We certainly cross our fingers and, and cross everything else. Uh, well, with B, there is nothing else to fall off the surface. <laughs> that, if anything else true. goes, then we really will have to move because the only thing we're using is, is their outbound pipe and that's it. OK, well, well done, Elaine. Thank you. On to our next topic, which, uh, again, it's it's uh, another little soap opera that we've carried over from the, the last episode or two. And uh, that is uh, the saga of our getting our pack numbers. Um, oh, dear. 
when we when we change from Vodafone and we we move to O2 uh, for our iPhones, um, we we straight away as soon as we bought our iPhones, we uh, requested a pack number from uh, from Vodafone, and they said that uh, it would take um, a few days. Now, I think it took me a week, didn't it? It was about a week for you, but we had tried before we actually got the iPhone. And all you, all that was happening was you were just getting a half-hour spiel about why you don't really want an iPhone, when you clearly do. So um, you had more luck than I did. Yeah, I, I got a letter from O2, um, from, from Vodafone, that said, here's your pack number. Um, I didn't have any issues. And uh, I was actually going to wait for you to get your pack number, but you, you really told me to get on with it. Which I well, did. I was having no luck at all. Um, they hadn't sent me a letter. When I queried that when yours arrived, um, they hadn't actually done anything about actioning it either. And what they were saying was um, that you manage your account online and I don't. I actually have paper bills. And because I had paper billing, they wouldn't accept um, a request for a pack number over the phone. They wanted me to um, send it in, registered or recorded delivery, which in this day and age is ridiculous because I'm sure I didn't have to do that to sign up. Um, so I I was a little bit peeved with them and I let them know that. As you well know, I'm such an even-tempered girl. <clears throat> I can't comment on that. No, no, I'm all right till I'm riled and um, I was riled. So... Um, I put them straight on that and they were then telling me that it would take uh, three days. And by this time they've got you hanging on, they're passing you from one department to another. Um, it was last thing on a Friday and uh, that was it until the following week. So they'd promised me that they would get back to me by 12 o'clock on the Monday. They didn't. I rang again. Uh, they again said, well, we'll sort it out and we'll get back to you. Again, they didn't. I gave them another two hours. And I thought, well, I'm not leaving it until the last minute today because that's what they seem to want you to do. I rang them back again, got through to somebody else. They're not very keen on giving you their names and they only seem to work um, with a first name. There's never any surnames passed around. Uh, and this one, once I'd explained what I wanted and they got my details up on the screen, uh, hung up on me unceremoniously. So that was that. I'd completely lost the will to live with them then and my temper as well. So I got back on, um, got through to a supervisor, put them straight that uh, they needed some customer service training, uh, which I was more than happy to provide an adequate remuneration, I might add. Uh, and they said, well, it can't be done immediately, um, but if you email in to this email address. So I did that as well. And again, I hadn't heard anything back. Got told the next time I'd rung that they'd given me the wrong email address. So they don't actually know what their own email address is. So I sorted that out as well, got it sent through to the right email address. In the end, I decided that what I'd do is I'd charge them by the hour until they gave me one. And 20 minutes later, I had a pack number in my hand. Amazing. Mm, which I thought was pretty good. But for the people out there, um, things I would wish I'd known before I called. Um, when At the moment, I'm, I'm still in the process of checking that they've actually cancelled the account and seeking a final settlement figure. And I, I can't use 191 from the phone because I've had my number transferred. Well, that's the customer service, isn't it, for Vodafone? It is. And all, all the contact numbers uh, is free from a Vodafone mobile. But, of course, once your Vodafone mobile has had its number removed, you have no way of using that particular contact number. All their landline contact numbers are 0870. 
But I am aware of a magnificent site called saynoto870.com. It certainly is a brilliant site because I'd not heard of it until you told me. And uh, I've been telling all my colleagues. Yeah, it's really useful. What you do is you enter the number that you have, an 0870 number, or a company name. And what the site does is it searches its database and it gives you alternative numbers, uh, standard landline numbers, which would allow you to use your free minutes from your mobile phone other than a Vodafone mobile phone. So it's fantastic at any time. But even better in this circumstance, as I was looking up this number, I mean, I had no need to do this prior to not having a Vodafone phone to call them on. I actually found several numbers that say they're direct numbers to the porting and cancellation departments. And if you ring these numbers, you bypass the obligatory 30-minute sales pitch of why you don't want to leave them and get an iPhone. So I shall put um, both a link to that site and the actual phone numbers up there because I'm sure, again, I'm, I can't possibly be the only person suffering at the hands of Vodafone. Um, I did amuse myself, though, uh, because the next day, once I'd got my pack code and I was running around waving it in the air, um, the shares tumbled and um, I've got a couple of links to funny stories about that as well. So I was um, taking it as completely due to the fact that I had left them. They clearly are not going to make a profit if I move my £14.49 a month away from them and the shares have just dropped like a stone. That's so right, Elaine has... It, it, it pleased me. Elaine has such um, an influence. Yeah, the impact of losing £14.49... I think actually they're much more peeved that I've been giving them only £14.49 for years, but I'm prepared to go to O2 and fork out £35 a month. So clearly they um, have just gone to pieces now. I've left them really. <laughs> what can you say? Of course, this is all going to be... Um, this is why I didn't want to upset them as much as I, I might have selected to do normally, because I'm thinking what happens if O2 lose the contract and Vodafone get it back? Mm doesn't bear thinking about there's a rumor i've heard this week that uh, vodafone are actually going to be a second uh, carrier in the uk <sighs> no. Mm. no 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 i see. don't want to go there i'm not thinking about it no fingers in ear time <laughs> la 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 no <laughs> going back going back to something you said earlier um i i managed to get a pack number supposedly quicker because i i've got a a web-based account and you you still have paper bills well you know i still i can't get on the website anymore because once they cancelled my account i can't actually log in uh at least you should be expecting a paper-based bill but i'm just having well the last week i had some money taken out of my uh, bank account which i'm guessing is the final settlement figure but i'll have to wait till the end of the month I wouldn't be surprised if um, it wasn't. I remember years and years ago when I cancelled um, a CompuServe account and they carried on taking money from my credit card bill. They, they gave it back to me when I rang up and pointed it out, but I would like to have known how long that would have gone on um, if I hadn't pulled them up on it. I never quite trust things like that. So um, I'm, I'm still awaiting a paper bill. I can see why you haven't got um, a, a final statement of account, but I failed to see why I haven't after 10 days. But um, I now I've got these landline numbers that I can call free of charge. I'm away, really. You are. 
One other funny story was that um, I'm, I'm keeping my old Vodafone phone as a spare. So I went into a Vodafone shop a couple of weeks ago just to buy a pay-as-you-go SIM. And uh, the guy was still actually dissing the iPhone, uh, thinking that I hadn't bought one. And he was, he was, he was telling me, well, the, the iPhone doesn't do this and the iPhone doesn't do that. So I produced it out of my pocket. Um, and I just, I couldn't be bothered arguing with him. I'd had enough. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say that you held it next to his head and started playing Super Monkey Ball. I said, ha, can you Nokia do that, mate? Let's not go there with Super Monkey Ball. No, you'll only start playing it again. Put it down. Mm, it is next to me. Put it down. It's next to me. Anyway, moving on. This week, I said goodbye to my PC. Oh, Death March. Cue Death March. Well, I don't know. I mean, we've got a Mac, so... It's not really Death March. Death March for the PC. Oh, certainly, certainly. The The only reason I kept it, actually, was uh, we do a lot of scanning magazines, old training manuals, books and things like that. And um, we purchased a couple of years ago a Fujitsu FI5120, which is a heavy-duty scanner. Um, and I found that it wouldn't work with a Mac, even under Parallels and Fusion. Um, and I even tried several hacks that I found uh, on various websites. And one of the things I looked at was using a piece of software called Scantango, which supposedly does work with it. Although, because there wasn't a trial version, I wasn't really prepared to put my hand in my pocket and try it. So what we did do this week was put our hands in our pockets and bought a new scanner, which was the Fujitsu S510M. And that is actually designed to work with a Mac. Now, Elaine, you've already got one, so I was actually able to see how it works, and I was really impressed with it. Yeah, I've had one since March. Uh, I thought about getting one a lot earlier. I normally use um, a flatbed scanner for phot photograph work, but the uh, the two scanners that we're talking about here are document scanners. So you actually they look more like printers. You put uh, pages in the top, and they're automatically fed through. Um, but I decided in the end, um, what I was doing was just putting the scanning, um, giving it to you really, um, because you had the document scanner and we couldn't get it working. I mean, some of the things we tried, there was a Japanese driver that's supposed to work, but all the menus appear in Japanese. So to say it's a, a bit of a hack to try and get it to work is an understatement. Um, so because I had the proper one, it's an absolute dream to work with. I use it with uh, Dev and Think. And uh, it OCRs on the way in as well and everything. But uh, when we did a comparative test with the one I'd got, which isn't a heavy duty model like the one you had. So theoretically, yours was supposed to work faster, uh, the one you had on the PC. But mine was actually amazingly fast by comparison, wasn't it? It was. We took a, a copy of Mac User, a magazine I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. And uh, Elaine scanned it. And did you actually OCR it? No, I just scanned it. You scanned it. Uh, it took the whole thing through and did the whole processing in about three minutes, um, whereas it actually took about 20 minutes for mine to go through the old scanner and then another 10 minutes to actually process it. So, you know, in, in the time it took for me to do one magazine, you could have done 10. And also it produced a much smaller file size. 
Yep, so it was all good news, wasn't it, at that point? It was. The scanner arrived last week. I set it up. I tested it, put a few copies of, of Mac user through. And then as I was going through the PDFs to check how it had worked, uh, I was getting coloured strips. It was really weird. I was getting red strips down the, the right-hand side, about an inch in. I was getting green strips about an inch in from the left-hand side. And on one of them, it even came up with a, a multicoloured strip. So uh, I thought, you know, this isn't right. And uh, I even put the same document through again because I thought maybe it was the content of the page, maybe it was the colour of the paper. Um, but no, on that second run through, the same document, uh, no problems at all. So, you know, it's an intermittent fault. So I contacted Fujitsu Customer Services um, and they were great, so they're swapping it, and uh, we're supposed to be doing the swap this week. So I will report back on the next episode as to how it's going. Sounds fantastic. I'll, I hope yours works as well as mine when it finally gets mm, here. So do I. And you've also been playing with other software. I have been playing with other software. Calibrate. Mm. Yes, Calibrate is a, a great piece of software. Another one I found, I might add. Yes, well, you seem to find all the great pieces of software. Uh, is that a euphemism for I spend a fortune on software? I didn't say that. No. This isn't a fortune. Don't forget, Jack Moore had a word for that. I'll put that in the show notes again. He did. Because, yes, it, uh, an addiction to software, and I've got it. This isn't a fortune. This is $8. This is shareware. Uh, it's called Calibrate, and it's from woodenbrain.com. Now, is that any uh, anything to do with the state of my brain, I wonder? Could well be, but I wasn't going to say that. No, left that to me. <laughs> anyway, it, it batch processes iCal events. Now, I actually have a great use for this. Um, what I was looking for was um, a calendar with the fixtures in for Manchester United, my football team. Because I do realise we've just lost like 60% of our listeners now. Well, we could cut that and I could just say an English football team. Mm, then we'd lose the Scottish listeners. Mm, like me. OK, go with Manchester United, but on your head be it. Well, I was scouring the internet and I was looking for, as I say, um, the, the fixtures in a format that I could download. Um, in previous years, I've actually found it in spreadsheet format or CSV format that I could dump into Outlook. Um, and what I did is I actually found a site, and I'll stick this in the show notes, called addadate.com. And, what and if I see addadate.com in the router logs, I'm not to be concerned, am I not? No, you're not to be concerned. Okay, it's not that kind of added date. It's no. not that kind of date, no. Okay. No. It allows you to download calendars in different formats. So you've got Outlook, you've got iCal, you've got Google Calendar, you've got Yahoo Calendar. And it's primarily for sports teams, uh, English Premiership, English Coca-Cola, Scottish... Um, other sporting events like the Grand Prix calendar and uh, other events that are, are not to do with sports, things like national holidays around the world. So what you can do, you can go to this website, you can download your calendar in the appropriate format. So I downloaded and imported the United calendar um, for all the matches. Now, of course, at this point, all the matches were set up for Saturdays. Uh, and of course, about 70% of those have now changed due, due to television. But, you know, that's beside the point. Um, but all the matches were shown as all-day events because whoever had actually set this calendar originally had marked them as all-day events. 
And what I did is I used this uh, this piece of software, Calibrate. Um, it was a three-step process. Rather than having to go through every match one at a time, changing it to, to three o'clock. So the first thing to do was to run the remove all day event setting. Uh, and you can choose to do it on all calendars or you can choose to do it on a certain calendar. So you just go through and you tick your calendars or you can just choose to do it on one calendar. So obviously I chose to do it on, on just the one calendar. So I removed the all day event setting. So at that point there were no longer all day events. Then I went through the calendar again and set them to a three o'clock start time. And then I went through the calendar again and set all the events to two hour durations. So in three easy steps, I was able to actually get the calendar sorted. Then, as I said, I had to go through each match and change the ones that the, the kickoff times and the dates had changed for television. But I'd have had to have done that anyway. So, you know, for eight dollars, well worth the money. It's useful for sorting out your calendar before syncing to the iPhone, which brings us on nicely to iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. Related items. Mm. Yeah, one thing I've noticed, uh, I was really surprised about. I have my iTunes library on an external drive and then I back it up overnight to another external drive. So I assumed that the applications for the iPhone would be stored in the same folder. Um, it just has a, an iTunes folder called iTunes. Until I checked and what I was checking for was an um, an application had updated and I wanted to see if it actually deleted the old version or not. So I went in there checking uh, and I found that whereas everything else is stored on the external drive, uh, there were no applications. So I went onto the internal drive, the boot drive, and it's actually storing the applications in the same location as the iTunes control files. Now I actually have those backed up as well, but um, I know there's something about Time Machine that doesn't automatically back up iTunes control files. I think it's potentially something to do with the fact that they're open when Time Machine runs. Uh, and I'm wondering if if they get automatic if the applications get automatically backed up or not, because they are in that folder. So if Time Machine is excluding that folder, it might be something that you need to back up. Uh, manually yourself so something to be aware of for backup purposes um, I've made sure that I'm backing up those control files more regularly now to make sure I've got copies of applications that I've actually bought so um, that quite surprised me that they were in that location when I had expressly told it to put them elsewhere so something to be aware of one of the applications, we said we'd have a look at our applications on the iPhone and, and what we like and what we don't like. Uh, one of the things that I found quite useful is a file, uh, an application called File Magnet, which is an iPhone app with a desktop part to it. Um, you pay for the iPhone application and the desktop part you download free of charge. And what you can do with it is transfer files to and from your iPhone. So you're not limited to just the photos in the photo rolls. Uh, what I wanted to transfer was uh, PDF files, um, either things that I've scanned that I want to take with me, or even uh, quite large um, ebooks in PDF format. And um, it works quite well for that. I've had it telling me that um, as a memory, it, it's reaching the limit of its memory, but then I have got books on there that are 800 pages. So I'm sure for most people's needs, with maybe 20, 30 pages in a file, it would work very, very well. But uh, it has allowed me to take reference materials with me on my phone and view them on my phone. So uh, did you actually buy that one or not? I haven't yet, no. It's one of those things that I'm not going around to, but I do want to buy it because it well, does I look useful. 
I've heard of another one as well called Anota, which I also want to have a look at. That's slightly different. I think it's only for PDFs and it lets you um, annotate PDFs so you can draw circles and generally mark things up. Um, but then I saw I saw a few good reviews and then I saw one bad review that said it didn't work at all um, and that people should get a file magnet. So I thought, well, I know file magnet, you don't um, annotate the files. It's literally just for viewing them. Um, so at the moment I've stuck with file magnet, but I definitely want to have a look at a noter to see if that works as well. One of the things I, I've used it for practically, um, you came in with a voucher for Smith's and it's valid for a fortnight or something. And it, it was an A5 piece of paper and in the middle of it there was um, like a paper credit card size thing that you're supposed to sort of put in, in your wallet. And I thought, mm, been to Smith's, been there before. You you whip out the voucher, little the little part from the middle, and they start saying what it's valid for and what it's not valid for. And basically, in the two weeks it's supposed to be valid, they'll be telling you everything's excluded. Whereas, of course, all the exclusions and all the details are on the A5 flyer. So I scanned the flyer and I put it on my iPhone. So I'm ready for my next round with the management in Smith's when I go in. Because uh, I put it on my iPhone, I can take it with me. Cool. How sad is that? No, that's cool. Yeah, that, that, that's when it, you're using it for good things and not playing Super Monkey Ball, isn't mm. it? I haven't played Super Monkey Ball. No, you've been playing with your camera, haven't you? I have been playing with our com camera, yeah. In interesting point. Uh, the other day at work, I had uh, Vista running on, oh on the MacBook. You have my deepest sympathy. Yeah, it was running under Fusion. Uh, I plugged the iPhone in to charge it and uh, Vista actually grabbed hold of the USB um, so it, it recognised that um, an iPhone had been plugged in. And when I went into Windows Explorer, uh, it actually said um, Apple iPhone. So it didn't, doesn't stand as a drive letter. It does actually just say Apple iPhone um, as a device. And then within there, you can see a couple of folders, uh, one of which was the, uh, the, the photographs, the camera roll. Uh, so you can't see everything on the iPhone, but you, you can see the, the photographs. And what I was doing is I was actually just taking some photographs um, with the iPhone. And what was quite strange was, depending on how the iPhone was held, determined the orientation. So, for example, if I was holding the iPhone in, uh, in portrait mode, for, for, for sake of argument, with the, um, the home button at the bottom, and then if I turn the camera around so that the, um, should we say, the, the socket... Uh, is on the right hand side and I took a picture and then I turned it around again and the sockets at the top I turned it around again every time I took a picture when I actually viewed the photographs um, in Vista it was different orientation so one of the photographs might be upside down I actually took four pictures of my, my, my MacBook that was really sad um, oh dear! Yeah, and and you had a different orientation. So one particular way, uh, the picture was upside down. But when I actually uh, viewed all these pictures on the iPhone and on the Mac through Preview, they're all the right way up. So it's 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 a strange one that. Um, I think it's best actually explained pictorially. So yeah, I'll put a little uh, little post on the blog so you can see what I mean. But, uh, yeah, if anyone else has come across that, I don't suppose anyone else is actually using... No, they're uh, not going to be listening to MacBytes and then choosing to use Vista, are they? No, no, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice try. Strange one, strange one. You're on your own. Mm. Yeah, well, the other applications I've got, um, I think we mentioned that I got Evernote, which is the first one I downloaded. I actually downloaded that before I got the iPhone. 
yeah, more in hope than expectation, actually. I remember that Thursday night very well. Um, Evernote's working really well for me. I love the fact that it's synchronised. All my notes are synchronised so I can view whatever I need when I'm out. So really enjoying Evernote. Um, I wish it that you could edit the notes, though. I know it's coming, but please hurry up with it um, because, you know, you've got notes on there and if you want to make a change to them, you've actually got to create another note and then merge them when you, when you get back. OmniFocus is working surprisingly well, though. I've heard comments from people that um, it's pretty slow because it's synchronising with your iDisk if you've got a desktop version of it. You don't need the desktop version to make OmniFocus work, but if you have got the desktop version, you can um, opt to synchronise it via the iDisk, um, and that's what I've decided to do. Mine's not too bad, um, as long as it's at least on 3G. If it's on a wireless connection or 3G, it's not too bad at all. It does mean every time you start it up, um, it has to go out and get it, download it, synchronise it. But I've not had any mishaps with it, so um, I can highly recommend OmniFocus. And we talked about vicinity, didn't we? We're liking vicinity. We are. Um, when we went to the opening in Liverpool, um, I used vicinity to find a supermarket that Mike knew. Uh, he'd been to the supermarket before, but he couldn't remember where it was. And I actually found it faster in vicinity than he did looking at the road names um, when he'd been umpteen times before. So, uh, yes, vicinity proved very useful there. Did have an odd problem, though, that the um, list came through and I could see three items listed but the top of the list was blank but when you tapped it it actually took you through to an entry so um, that must be some sort of screen update issue going on with it. I've also got Net Newswire which I think you have as well haven't you? I've got Net Newswire and I think that's great yeah. I do like it. Uh, problem I've got with it is I'm, I'm used. I'm so used to seeing it on a big screen that there's a lot of clicking about to um, actually read the feeds. Um, I had, I've had Net Newswire for so long, um, I think I paid for it. Oh dear, paid for software. Um, in the days before it went free, and I had a, a Newsgator account as well. So it's nice that it synchronises with everything, um, and it then updates the desktop version. Which you didn't have, did you? No, and I'm, I'm not sure about the synchronisation. Um, it seems to take quite a long time to update. Um, whether that's just the way it works, or whether it's something I'm not quite doing right, I'm not sure. I don't actually use Net Newswire that much. Um, if I'm out, I, I might go in and have a look at it. And it does take its time to update, but I don't know if that's because I look at so many feeds. So um, not quite five stars for that one yet. I have to test it a little bit more, I think, first. But uh, it is working in terms of I can read the news feeds if and when I'm out. So from that perspective, it, it's OK. I don't know if there are any alternatives which are faster. But, of course, because it's synchronised with my desktop, I don't think I'd be using anything else anyway. So, um, one to have a look at. Uh, it's free again, isn't it? So, um, you can definitely have a look at it. Another good one that we've both got, and I'm sure everybody out there has got, is uh, Remote from Apple, which is so cool. It's so good. Uh, it makes me wish that we had... Um, airport express speakers all over the house because i know you can control those from it as well but um i've just linked it into my itunes library and i'm controlling it from there that is such a good piece of kit it really is have you actually tried it yet i haven't no um i was going to try it at work but i think it only works over wireless doesn't it i'm not sure not tried because i i can't I even get i can't even get edge at work i get the the little blue square with a white dot in it which apparently is uh, GPRS, 
which I believe is actually slower than, than Edge, but at least I've got a connection, so you know, I'm, I'm not too worried. But yes, it, it would be cool to sit there with my MacBook at work, playing iTunes, controlling it from the uh, the iPhone. So not so, so much tooting cans and a ball of string, you're more tooting cans and a bobbin of cotton. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you will work in the middle of nowhere... Uh, one thing that I did get that I don't think you did uh, is called Stanza. When I very first went to the um, app store, there were so many ebooks, and I love books, I really do. And they were like 59 pence each, and I thought, well, that's not bad at all. But then I heard about this thing called Stanza, and uh, it's a reading app. It links into a couple of websites where you can download, obviously, they're older books, they're um, out of copyright, but that's the kind of stuff I like to read. Um, and you download the app, install that free. It actually browses via the iPhone to the website with the books. You can search by uh, genre, by title or by author and download them. They download very, very quickly. And you've then got one jump off point to lots of books. So rather than buying the books individually and having lots of different icons for one for each book, this allows you to have an application to read these ebooks with. And it works very, very well. It goes from page to page nice and smoothly. Uh, there's a lot of options in there. So I can highly recommend that because obviously if I if I'd have paid 59 pence for all the books I wanted, I would have bankrupted myself. And I need to keep my money for other things like Chromagrally and things. Mm. So, um, yeah, a good one to have a look at. Stanza is uh, an ebook reader. So I can't tempt you with that, can I? Because it's not your kind of books. It's not, no. No. But uh, nice if they are your kind of books. And the one that we were both waiting for, WordPress which was well worth the wait. Um, there was one for TypePad, and I think we said last time we were waiting for the WordPress one. And luckily it came out within a couple of days, which meant that when we went to the Liverpool launch, you were actually blogging with it, weren't you? I was. Rather than sitting on the pavement on my backside with my MacBook, I could actually stand there with my iPhone posing and actually... Uh, and he did. And People, I did. He did. Yes, um, actually putting a blog onto the uh, onto the website. Yeah, that worked really well actually because you would have probably been taking the pictures that you were going to upload with the iPhone anyway. Although I remember on iPhone launch day before we could actually take them out of the box, we were trying to take some pictures to put on the blog using the MacBook, wandering around the store with the MacBook facing the other way and trying to take pictures. It, it was all very sad. So, um, yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, using WordPress with the images on the iPhone. And we've had no setup problems with it. I think all our trouble with it was when you were trying to upgrade to 2.6 the week it, before. It was, yes. And we, we we've were, heard all about that. And, we and went you've through just the woes of that, didn't we, um, last episode? Yes, you've just about recovered now, <laughs> so, so we'll leave that one. Suffice it to say, um, if they update in the future... I hope they don't make it compulsory for a while so we can do some some more testing of it. Another big one that I was waiting for was 1Password. Um, I was finding it quite difficult to go to sites. I can't remember all my passwords. I'm not one of these people who uses the same password all the time. And there was a lovely feature in the desktop version where 1Password would generate a password for you. The thing with it was the one it generated would be so convoluted there's no way that you'd remember it so being out on the road and not being able to remember um, these passwords was a nightmare but one password is there and um, it's pretty good um, I thought oh no it's not something else to synchronize I would have loved to just synchronize the iPhone and have everything synchronized but with one password you've got to do that um, 
in a, in a different way you actually do it wirelessly but once you've um, linked your iPhone to the desktop machine that it's coming from um, it doesn't keep prompting you like Bluetooth used to uh, a couple of years back so it actually is working pretty well for me uh, one thing it is doing even with the update so I'm hoping for another update to the update it's still synchronizing um, ones that I've deleted and left in the trash even though I uninstalled the original uh, which had the effect of deleting all the passwords and I resynchronized and it still took them across so um, I'm looking for a way to get rid of that I think what I might have to do is actually empty the trash I must admit hands up guilty uh, I do use the trash um, as like a storage area for ones that I may have changed but you know don't actually want to delete I just put them in the trash so they're out of sight so I might have to stop doing that I might have to back up that keychain and stop doing that uh, have you tried that one yet? I haven't you know I must admit I haven't actually used that many websites um, on the iPhone I've used plenty of other things on the iPhone and I don't just mean monkey ball before no. you say anything mm. um, but no uh, but it is on my to-do list that could take us nicely onto lists. But first of all, I wanted to say that I have got some games. Uh, all the games I've got uh, are free, apart from one of the quizzy things. Um, I love Morocco, which is an Othello-type game. That gives um, a really good game. I did have um, an Othello-type game on the desktop, but when I went from Tiger to Leopard, um, it didn't port very well at all. I started having screen update problems. But uh, Morocco, which um, I think is free... Uh, I either that was 59 pence, but I think it's free. Um, absolutely brilliant game. So uh, if you like Othello, give that one a try. And of course, Bubble Wrap, which we've mentioned. I love Bubble Wrap. Also got another one. I think this was the day before we went to Liverpool. Labyrinth Light Edition, which is, I think, number one on the uh, free applications. That is fantastic. If you want to show off... Um, the tilting ability of the phone and how it works with games labyrinth light edition absolutely brilliant way of doing it i got pretty much to, to level 10 with no trouble but level 10 uh, i was stuck on that for a good sort of 25 minutes or so finally managed to do it in the end haven't bought there is a paid version as well haven't bought the paid for version yet but it's a very nice game to, to have a look at what i did fork out for was um, a sudoku game uh, I went for Sudoku Unlimited. There are actually loads of options if you're looking for a Sudoku game. Uh, and iLounge did um, a review of uh, every one that was in the store. Um, but they did that after I'd already selected one. But I'll put that in the show notes. And uh, the one I selected, this Sudoku Unlimited, was really for the interface. Um, the fact that there are unlimited games, it, it generates a random game every time. And when you're working with Sudoku, it's quite important to be able to put in the alternatives in a square that you think it could be. And generally that goes in in smaller text. And sometimes it's very fiddly to try and get that in there easily. But I found that Sudoku Unlimited works very, very well. What I did like about it was the fact that you can change the style of the interface. And it's surprising what a big difference it makes. Um, I've gone for the one that looks um, like it's handwritten. So it looks like you're filling it in in pencil with them. Um, a yellowy background like a legal pad and um, that I think is really the best interface that I found for it so uh, they're what I'm actually using but I did promise to say that I'd already trashed an app and it was that bad I, I deleted it and um, I was all red raring to go to uh, diss this app and then I've got to take it all back oh what happened was I put twinkle on it and um, I thought right well I, I quite fancy having a look at this for twitter 
got it on, got it installed okay, got it started up, it wanted my details, so I put my details in. It located me, because it's in, back to geo-twittering, and then as soon as the, the list of Twitters came up, it just shut down on me. And it was just doing it repeatedly, no matter what I did, um, it, it just crashed on me. So I thought, oh, I can't be bothered with this, and I uninstalled it. So what I was doing was following Twitter via Safari, just using the Twitter mobile version. Actually, the Twitter mobile version's really good enough uh, to be adequate. thing is, it's missing a few of the nicer features that you do get used to if you've got a desktop Twitter client. So I thought, well, I have used Twitterific, um, but I thought, well, I will give Twinkle a try because I would prefer a solution without adverts, and Twitterific, the free version, has got adverts. But as I say, I just couldn't get it working at all. So I uninstalled it and I installed Twitterific. So there I am, Liverpool opening, using Twitterific. No problems at all. And then that started doing the same on me. It just completely locked up. So it wasn't a case of rebooting the phone. It sort of just died on me. And every time I went into Twitterific, it died again. So at that point, I'm thinking, hmm, this is the way Twinkle went. So luckily at the Apple Store you got free wireless, so I decided I'd go in and download Twinkle again and give that another go. And in Liverpool it worked perfectly. So I can't diss Twinkle, I really like it now, it actually works. So I thought, well if Twinkle works after an uninstall and a reinstall, maybe Twitterific would. So I deleted the apps uh, there and then re-downloaded them, so I'm getting so many invoices from the App Store. Um, and then Twitterific was fine as well. So um, I would say with some of these apps, if you're having problems with them, try completely uninstalling them and uh, starting again. Not necessarily re-downloading them, uh, but you, you can do, obviously, if they're free. You wouldn't want to be doing that with a paid app. But uh, for me, because they were both free applications, I managed to do this out on the road. And now they're both working fine. And I've also got one called Twitter Vision, which I showed you. Completely pointless, isn't it? But mm. just one of those things you could sit and watch for five minutes. Dangerous. What it does is it gives you um, a flattened view of the world. And every three seconds, you just get a random Twitter from somewhere in the world in real time. Now, obviously, it's highly online likely that you're going to know these people but it's it's dangerously addictive so um, I'm trying not to use it that much it is actually installed though what I haven't managed to get we talked about uh, shopping lists I haven't actually managed to purchase one of those yet um, it's a bit difficult when you can't test them I'd love to demo some of these apps I'm thinking that I, I want splash shopper um, problem with it is it only works in dollars and you um, posted the forum, didn't you? With a query I did. About that. Yeah, they said they were going to look into fixing that in a future version. So hopefully they will do, and um, that's probably the one I'll go for. It does look the best app out of the ones we've looked at. Yeah, it's it's a dedicated shopping app, so you can put the shops in there. Um, you can even put things, you know, if you want to go down to that level, um, aisle numbers and prices of things. My main requirement for it was we had one on our Sony Cly. And you could share shopping lists. There was a desktop version, so you could type it all in there. You could transfer the things out to Excel. So I'm used to having a, a sort of dedicated list app for shopping. If it's just um, a list to go shopping with and I'm not keeping the list for anything, then a normal list application would do. But the shopping list, um, you can actually put things in there 
and they'll stay in there and you can just say whether you want them or not this week. So the shopping, I dedicated shopping list up, I think I will go for it in the end. But um, one of our listeners, Gav, suggested that um, if it was a list app that you just wanted, um, you could have a look at Zembi Lists, which I did do. And that's actually really good. I can't believe it's free. Um, there isn't a desktop app, but what there is, is a browser-based app. So you can sort of use your lists in a browser. Uh, and I created an account and gave that a go. I'm actually finding that really useful. So uh, if it's a list app that you're at, you're after, um, that's the one I'm using at the moment. I also wanted a better notes app um, after your experience with the inbuilt one. Mm, least said about that, the better. Yes, yes. Uh, although I'm blaming you. But I, I can't actually see myself using the inbuilt one anyway because the font is just absolutely hideous i cannot use that felt font although you did make me do that didn't you you made me use that font i did for the t-shirt mock-up for, for your t-shirt yes but i i didn't put my name to it i can't be seen using felt street cred just shot to pieces so i'm still looking for a notes app but i've have looked in the store and i'm seeing that they are there's more and more note apps coming in, so uh, I'll probably wait a little bit and then have a look at them all together. I'm still lusting after Super Monkey Ball and uh, Cro-Mag Rally, but so far I've refrained, but I, I know I'm going to break down. Which one first? Keep Watch this space. I've also seen sketches, and although I can't find a practical use for it, it looks so good I, I want to have a go with it. I think that's about £3.50, something like that. But uh, I've left it alone until um, I can think of a use for it, a, a productivity-based use for it. But, of course, your tips aren't productivity-related at all, are they? No, they're not. Um, not at all, no. There's an interesting iPhone tip where you can uh, you can play music and you can play a game at the same time um, from appletel.com. And um, I'll, I'll actually put the, uh, the URL on the show notes. And there's also uh, something that we'll put on the show notes about building an iPhone app. Yeah, I found that. Um, it made reference to... Um an article from late last year, I think, or early this year, about how much it cost somebody to um, build and launch a website. And uh, the people who've written this have written it in terms of how much it cost them to build an iPhone application and get it listed in the store. So uh, that was a really interesting read. Um, so, yeah, we'll put that one up there as well. OK, well, we're not quite finished yet because we've saved the best for last, haven't we? Oh, yes. After two weeks of perfect synchronisation disaster struck me uh, it was just completely bizarre i hadn't had any problems that other people had had with mobile me and, and the dot mac transition uh, all my mail was arriving the only th problem i'd had was when i'm trying to send mail to other people at mac.com addresses it was bouncing back but any mails that got sent to me were arriving so i'm thinking well i know people are having problems but i've just had no problems with them at all until, as I say, disaster struck. And when it did, oh boy, was it big. Uh, I was sat there with the phone. Somebody had called me and I had it on silent and I'd missed the call. So um, picked it up, turned it on, swiped across, said missed call, had the name of the person who'd called. So I went into the phone ready to return the call and it said recent calls and I clicked on that. Um, and on my favourites page, in my recent page, I had names. And obviously because they're in my contact list. And right before my very eyes, the names just disappeared. It was like watching The Matrix. The names just disappeared off the page. All the text kind of went down as if it had some sort of virus. 
and I was left just looking at phone numbers. And at that point, it's like, well, who's called? Because I don't know these numbers. I never actually dial the numbers. And I'm thinking, oh, it's a blip. It's a blip. Convinced myself it was a blip. Um, went into the address book and the numbers weren't in there either. All I was left with was the contact names and the notes failed. Everything else had gone. Um, it was uh, URLs, email addresses, phone numbers. Really, any way you had to contact people was completely gone. So I turned the phone off thinking, it's a blip, it's a blip, not a panic, not a panic. I turned it back on. It was the same. At which point I'm thinking, oh dear, and, and more flowery language than that, if this synchronises back, what will happen? Um, so I immediately backed everything up, although I actually back up all the time anyway. Um, it didn't synchronise back, but and I could go to me.com and everything was there and it was fine. So I did a forced synchronisation and that did no good at all. So I'm, I'm logically working my way through it. And I thought, well, the obvious thing to do is to turn off the synchronisation, the push, and turn it back on. So that was what I decided to do. Obviously, I, I did a Google search and couldn't find anything. Uh, when I turned off the, the push and I turned it back on, uh, it warned me that oh, it would delete all my contacts. And I thought, well, that's fine, because I'm going to push them back from the cloud or my desktop um, address book. All my contacts vanished completely. And I turned it back on and the little slider would not stay in the on position. Um, it thought about it for a little bit as I slid it across and I got the spinning wheel and then it just twanged it back to the left hand side to off. And there I sat and this went on and on and on for at least, I think I kept trying for three hours. I'm trying one thing after another. By this stage, I'd done some searches and I had found other people were having a similar problem. Um, and I'd also tweeted it and got some feedback from people that they were having the problem. The weird thing was Mike was having no problem at all. Nothing worse than somebody smug whose system's working. So um, this was a major crisis. I couldn't get the numbers back on the phone. I didn't want to restore the phone or anything because there was absolutely no reason why it wasn't working. Um, so I've got a couple of uh, links there. What I managed to do was um, get it back by doing things in a certain order. So I had to turn the phone off, turn it back on, go into this setting, turn it back on before you did absolutely anything else, and then turn it off again, then go back into it again. So it was a sequence of events, which I'll put up uh, on the show notes, and it finally managed to synchronise, but all told it must have taken about seven hours to get the thing back. Now, I was reading these threads and people were screaming blue murder that it wasn't a reliable system and whatever um, and some people in the states had got through to apple support and they'd been told by apple support that they didn't know what the problem was either but that it wasn't replicating back to the cloud but some of the people in the thread it had replicated back to the cloud and they'd lost all their contacts and i don't mean 10 or 20 they were saying they'd lost all their contacts and they had over a thousand and that they had no other way of getting these contacts back because the iPhone had synchronized to the cloud and the cloud had synchronized to their desktop machines and they'd completely gone and I'm thinking are you certifiably insane do you not back up your contacts anyway and one particular person was saying um that no and that he was going to get onto Apple and ask them to restore it from there they must have a tape backup I couldn't believe that, that somebody had relied on Apple 
as a backup system. Unbelievable. It is, isn't it? I mean, I know I'm like, um, you know that old video, developers, developers, developers? For me, it's backup, 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 and I have automatic backups running all the time anyway. And the system's imaged, and it backs up off-site, but honestly, surely everybody has at least one backup. You know, even if you write it down in a little A to Z pocket book, but to, to have just, well, to have no backup at all, I couldn't imagine that. Um, I do a full backup at least twice a day, and I do it in two different ways. Um, I've got Chronosync, which I think we've mentioned before, and you can, you can schedule Chronosync to uh, backup during the day. And I've also got a very small piece of kit, again it's less than $8 I think, called Email Backup Pro. And not only does that back up your entire email system, but there's a little checkbox and you can put a tick in it, it will then back up um, your address book. And it will do that however many times a day you set it to do it. What it will do is it will shut down mail, it will shut down your address book, it will do the backup and then it will open up the applications again. So. It really is a no-brainer. You just set it and leave it. Why you wouldn't back up your own data is completely beyond me. So I'll put the details of those in the show notes as well. But uh, let the moral of the story be, it was inconvenient for me, but uh, it and it would have been a showstopper if I'd been out in terms of ringing people. But everything else on the phone was still working. So as long as I could have got to yell.com or I could have rung somebody that I knew that would have had somebody's number, then I could have contacted people. So it was more of an inconvenience. It was a disaster for people who hadn't backed up any other way. So be warned, do keep a backup somewhere, somehow. Always have a backup. I mean, I must have about eight different types of backup. But you hope that you'll never need it. But should you need it, you'll be so glad that you did. So don't rely on um, asking Apple to get their tapes out. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Oh, Apple, could you restore one of your servers, please, that must host 20,000 accounts so I can get back my contacts? Yes, the contacts that I didn't back up. You shouldn't have a computer. Sorry, if you don't back up your own contacts. Dear, 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 dear me. And at the same time as that was happening, there was also the great Twitter crash of late last week. Oh, I just started. Um, I'd, I'd got about eight followers on Twitter and I was quite pleased with myself when, as you probably know, I'm an Adobe user group manager and all the Adobe user group managers worldwide started following each other and my follower count went up to nearly 60. So I was even more pleased with myself. But into every life, a little rain must fall and pride does come before a fall. Uh, Twitter disappeared and when it came back, they'd lost all the people that were following you and you were following that had been registered in the previous three weeks because they'd restored an old database, which again, ridiculous, they'd restored an old database. And I was just sat there looking at it thinking, dear me. And what I did was I did a search on Twitter to look for posts that mentioned um, lost followers and lost followings. And there were at least 30 Twitters a minute coming in with people saying they had the same issue, they had the same issue. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to upset um, a country in this day and age, you don't really need to do anything more than take Twitter down because some of these people were manic. Um, they, they'd, ha they'd lost a thousand people, they'd lost this, they'd lost that. And I'm thinking, well, it's a service that you don't pay for. You know, you don't have to sort of rely on it for anything in particular. These people were screaming blue murder. Uh, all rectified itself the next day. Uh, did you actually lose anybody? I did. I lost two or three people. 
Yeah, well, I lost about uh, about over 50, I think, because it was everybody in the last three weeks. But uh, I was quite surprised at um, how much people had come to rely on it. And, and there was actually then a discussion, would you pay for Twitter for a better service? And most of the people I was following said sort of begrudgingly, well, yes, I would actually, because I can't do without it. So maybe that's where Twitter are heading, heading with us. But while Twitter was down, I did read an interesting article called Information Overload on the Daily Mail site. And um, that had me laughing greatly because uh, there was me worrying that, you know, I'm feeling um, strangely disembodied from people because I'm not Twittering. I'm, oh, my Twitters aren't coming in. And this was saying that um, the more that you were interrupted by technology, it turns your brain to mush. So I took I saw solace in the fact that at least while I wasn't twittering, my brain wasn't turning to mush. So a really good article, well worth um, a listen. That's obviously what's happened to my brain. That's too much monkey ball. Mm, certainly is. Anyway, on to uh, feedback and comments. We we have had some. Uh, following the last episode, uh, Gavin um, mailed us, I think we mentioned it before, that he'd installed WordPress on his phone and uh, he also recommended Zenbee. And as we said earlier, that's a great little app. Really is. I'm, I'm enjoying using that. I'm not actually using it too much for the shopping at the minute, um, but I have put lists of other things in there and it's good for things like um, a packing list when you're going out to... Um, public speaking engagement etc so i'm actually really using that and enjoying it so good good catch there gavin i hadn't seen that one before we've also had a couple of comments um on the blog from uh, rob one of our friends from the uh, the mac user group uh regarding the liverpool opening he said uh, very impressive so much so that i actually bought something he did i saw him with something in a bag and i do believe it was games-related. It was. He mm. says, more room than the Trafford Centre, because, of course, it's on two levels, but maybe not as good if you're buying something heavy. Um, you don't want to be uh, trekking um, an iMac through uh, through the centre of Liverpool, or through, through any town centre, for that matter. They're actually pretty good at the Apple Store if you do buy something like that. Um, I had to take in an iMac uh, for repair, a uh, big 20-inch iMac, and when it was ready, uh, they brought it out on a truck and uh, escorted me to the car park with it on said truck. So they are actually pretty good if you're buying something like that. And what I found strange was the um, iPhones were downstairs, as were um, the iMacs and, and most of the computer stuff. The upstairs was um, a little kiddies area with uh, low benches. Uh, there's some pictures that were put on the website and on Flickr as well, so you can have a look. Uh, the games were up there, the software was up there, the cables were up there, but also the iPhone sign-ups were upstairs uh, near the Genius Bar, which I thought was odd. I expected the sign-ups to be downstairs because that's where the iPhones were. Mm, maybe it's a way of getting people to see the whole store. Well, yeah, you see, if you can drag them up there, then they might buy cables and cradles and things like that. Like we did. Like we did, yeah. Mm. Well, Rob said he's, he's now waiting for a Snow Leopard T-shirt. Yes, we did get T-shirts, and uh, you've put a picture on your blog, haven't you? I have. So we'll um, put a link to that as well. Talking of T-shirts, Damien said, uh, my first T-shirt, and uh, he also said it was great to see you in there and have a chat. And that was actually quite funny, because we were just chatting amongst ourselves, and uh, a little voice behind me said, uh, Mike and Elaine from uh, MacBytes. And I, I think the MacBytes T-shirt gave it away, don't you? Yeah, you were the walking billboard, weren't you? I was, yeah. So we had a good chat with Damien, um, who's actually only been a switcher for a few months. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see and uh, have a chat with uh, some of our listeners. 
Yep, certainly was. Um, nice to talk to you. You were so interested in my Adobe TV issue. I hope you followed through with today. And now I've beaten it into submission with a stick. Uh, not quite the outcome I was hoping for because I have had to change the router, but uh, all is well so far. And yes, I'm touching wood. I'm touching wood. I'm clinging to the table manfully because I don't want anything else to go now. Now I've got that sorted out. If something else goes and I just can't face it. But it was lovely to see you. And um, he's fully immersed now. Now he's done a store opening as well. He is. You've got to do a store opening. That's um, our second, isn't it? It is our second, yes. Yeah, um, we did the Arndale, did the Arndale uh, about Manchester. 18 months ago. We'd have done the Trafford Centre if we'd known it was there. Ah, but they opened before we switched. Mm. That was grossly unfair of them. It was. It was. OK, on to some events. Do you want to talk about NWAG Online? Yeah, the Northwest Adobe User Group, of which I am the User Group Manager, is having an online meeting on the 12th of August. My birthday. And, yes, your birthday. Uh, and all are welcome. All you need to do is contact us and we will send you a URL. That URL will take you to a virtual room that we're using on Adobe Connect. There's no usernames, no passwords, you don't need an account, so there's nothing to worry about with any of that. Uh, and after the demo, which is going to be um, Photoshop and extreme makeovers, uh, we've already got a few requests in for things people want to see. So um, somebody wants to, I think it was Gazmaz, wants to know how to fix green eye in pets. So we'll be covering that one. I've also got some uh, pictures from somebody who would like me to do something with them. So I've had a look at them and I've decided the something I'll be doing with them. And they are extreme makeovers. So um, pop along, uh, watch the demo. Uh, stay behind and uh, have a chat with us live afterwards or you can be shy and you can just listen to other people so um, first come first served so um, get your email to us or contact us in any way as usual and uh, I will get the URL to you and uh, it is eight o'clock on the 12th of August Okay, a couple more for you. The Northwest Mac User Group, uh, their next meeting is the 14th of August and uh, it's going to be more six-minute talks. And they're also looking for volunteers, so if you fancy giving a talk on any Mac-related subject for approximately six minutes, then uh, please contact them. You can get hold of them through the website, which is nwmug.co.uk. And Geek Ups. There's a Geek Up in Sheffield on the 6th of August, and there's also a Geek Up on the Manchester on the 12th of August. But of course, if you are coming to our NWAG meeting, you won't be able to go to that one. That's really bad planning, yeah. that, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> Mind you, you could leave the Geek Up early and do both. Mm. Because I'm sure the Geek Up start about six o'clock. I think they do, yeah. So you've got a couple of hours for the Geek Up and then follow on with um, the Adobe Group. More details on uh, geekup.org. Well, that's it for this episode of MacBytes. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Please send in your questions and your comments and your queries by email to our usual email address, which is uh, macbytesuk at gmail.com, or you can send us an audio file. You can also keep up to date with what we're doing via Twitter. Uh, we are at MacBytes, uh, Plurk, we are MacBytes, uh, and you can subscribe to the RSS feed at macbytes.co.uk. So, until next time, this has been Mike Thomas and Elaine Giles bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye, and see you next time. Goodbye.